Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. I'm Adam Minahan, sitting here with David Niles. We have Sir Posada. I'm here on the on the buttons this evening. We're we are not with Jim. Jim is not here. He is not here this evening, but that's okay. Uh, we are also having this evening the wise man it's a kentucky owl product the wise man bourbon kentucky straight bourbon whiskey 45.4 percent alcohol i'm excited about it because kentucky owl has very expensive uh whiskeys some of their whiskeys start out at 300 dollars. wow however this one is relatively new and it is less than 50 i think okay so I, if i remember correctly is i think it was about 48 dollars it's going to be terrible 48 dollars i think is what it was nice i was just kidding about that <clears throat> we're doing this on a different uh night this evening recording on a different night we have the catholic the Tulsa catholic radio <laughs> They've just poured a ridiculous glass for one. Uh, it wasn't that big. Um, we have our Catholic Radio fundraiser this Friday. So if you're listening to this show live on Catholic Radio currently, please say a quick prayer that for the success of the fundraiser that we continue to focus on God's will, uh, that we can continue to help evangelize the people here in Tulsa and eastern Oklahoma. This might be the most stressful week of the year for me. It's one, the last actually four weeks, right after uh, Halloween to Theology of the Tower is always crazy for us. We always, for the radio station. Because the radio station, and it seems like we have several Catholic Man Show projects or just other things that we're trying to finish up. Ooh. That is delicious. I, mean, I, I haven't even. I, I've sat here Sorry. and waited for I, you because you guys were all you were bad, doing dude. something, uh, and I I waited I didn't so know. we could I cheers didn't. and well let's let's do that now because it's good. <laughs> I want to do team. that again. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers, cheers to Jesus. Cheers, one. So, but so what I was saying is we have just so many things that are going on. You have deer season that 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 happens yeah. during this time that you have to capitalize on. And then this year we also threw in. We went to uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I and think we, you should be allowed to. K- kill a deer year round however if it's not in the traditional deer season you have to catch it with your hands like that should be a rule that if you can if you can physically bring down a deer with nothing but your body i think you get to kill it (laughs) i mean (laughs) didn't have to hurt (laughs) 
<laughs> Why are you so tired yeah. and filthy? Been hunting. Yeah. You catch anything? No. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, but we went to Allentown, Pennsylvania for the men's conference. Yeah. And then we went. We also went to in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We also went to Waco or out West Texas, outside mm-hmm. of Waco, and College Station, Texas. And so we we threw that in the mix, and then we also threw in the mix trying to finish up our manuscript that we're writing. Yeah. So between all of that, we're not exactly supposed to talk about. We're allowed to talk. We're just not allowed to talk about it. What the it details. Is. No deets. No details. No deets. Turns out we found out. Oh, what well, we were not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. But so we so, threw in a couple extra projects this a year. Ma- a manuscript that we may or may not be writing. That may or may not be published. That's right. That's more. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's more the question. Well, also, it's a question of may or may not be writing it. Right. <laughs> There's been a lot of not been writing it. Yes, but we hopefully by January next year it will be published and available. We will have more details on that soon. So January. Did I say January? I meant July. Jan- I, I'll tell you, January is not. Did I say happen. January? You said one? January. I'm so sorry. I meant July. Is that some of the deets we're not supposed to be saying? I can say we can say those deets. Okay. Especially if, if you throw them off. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if the details are wrong. Um, Let's talk about so, this whiskey. Okay, so, I want to talk about so we ha- it. So we're having the wise men. We're going to talk about Advent this evening. We're going to talk about preparing for Christmas, ways that you can uh, start traditions within your family of how to have a holy and fruitful Advent yeah. during this penitential time. Mm-hmm. And it's very appropriate, I felt like, that we have a... Wise man whiskey. I mean, Epiphany would have been better. I get it. Yep. But sometimes they don't link up that way. Well, you know what? This one's... The way this is hitting me so far, I say we do it again. Really? Yeah. This is fantastic. On the nose, I get uh, banana nut bread. Hmm. And maple. There's not a whole... It's not a... Uh, it's not really strong on the nose. The, you know, oh, I see, man. I I immediately said banana, maple, no, 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 vanilla. No, no, no. I just mean it's not a powerful aroma. Sometimes there are some whiskeys you pour, and you can just the glass can still be setting on the on the table, and you can smell it from your chair. You know what I mean? Uh, when like when I, mm-hmm. to me, that's not not a super strong smell. Is all I'm trying to say. Okay. You don't think so? Feel free. Oh to- no, I'm 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 just. You, I, I stopped just, listening to you're you. You're just in your own world. Yes. Interesting. Okay, so the beginning of this was a lot sweeter than what I, I was expecting. The the front. Uh, oh, did you try it? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, sweet at the very beginning, in my, in my mm-hmm. opinion, with the hints of vanilla, uh, caramelized something, like a, a sweetness to it, uh, a little bit of that banana... But then at the the backside, it turns because it's it tastes stronger proof. It tastes like a stronger proof than what it is. I think it, it heats up and it tastes like, more peppery, uh, and a little bit more fire. It's like a reverse sour patch, except mm. it didn't get sour with the spice. With the spice, yeah, yeah. It's good, yeah. I, I'm a, uh, as we go throughout the evening, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll let you know I my thoughts, especially for if it's under fifty dollars. Like that's really good. Nice medium long finish. 
Yeah, it's good. I think it's better that temp- than that Templeton that we had. Of course, that was a rye recently, but we also had yeah. that Forester nine nineteen twenty. I think that one was a little bit better than this one. But it is a very interesting bourbon, especially if it's if it's Kentucky Out. I'm not super familiar with Kentucky Out, probably because most of their whiskeys are higher dollar, which would make sense. Was why I'm right. not as familiar with it. Yeah, but. I like the label as well, and I'm a sucker for presentation. Uh, I, I like the label. I think that it it looks uh, classy. It looks it fits the part. I like it. So far, I'm a, I'm a fan. Me too. So, where did you get it? The liquor store. Yeah, which one? Um, I don't remember. Okay. Typically, I get my my whiskey from a liquor store. Guided by wisdom and crafted with knowledge. Nice. So, anyway. Like, that's one of those things is like, mm, does that mean something? I can't tell. <laughs> is that just word put together? Is that some, it's like, that sounds like something important, but is that just something? I like it. So, the Bible, or the Bible study, you, you're doing a Bible study currently, but the book club that we're doing with the patrons... Several of our guys that I meet with every week were doing a book from Gary Gould Lagrange, Father Gary Gould Lagrange, uh, called Thomistic Common Sense. It's a tough book. It's been, but it's been very fruitful thus far. Mm. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was getting just getting a chance. You know, when you get a chance to just meet with a, a group of guys every single week, uh, you get to know them better. You get to understand sure. their yeah. life. And one of the things that they, we were talking about recently was how to. Uh, they appreciated the last year's episode that we did when we talked about Advent mm-hmm. and how like the, the the practicalities of what to do, what not to do, and that we were talking more. And I realized that man, that they were giving me a, a lot of good ideas, and I they said basically we, we could definitely do another show on it because we didn't t- we didn't touch on all the things that that we could possibly talk about, obviously. Oh yeah, and so. When we were trying to figure out what, what topic to do this week, I was really glad that we decided on this because one, it, it helps me listening to them. It actually puts me, you know, it puts me back in check of of striving to do better. Listening to what they're doing, it's like, oh man, I I didn't even think about doing that. I'm not doing that. I, I should up my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, another benefit of having uh, holy friends. <clears throat> um, but then also just like you would know, I'm not sure that I have any, but. But at least you can see the fruits. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I was glad that we were going to be able to talk about this this uh, this evening. Me too. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, Advent. Uh, it Advent's totally the, the you know like the stepbrother of of Lent. It's a you know it's also a penitential season. Mm-hmm. It's purple. It's the other purple. It's the other purple season. Uh, but I think it's like one people don't they're not nearly as intentional about it's become more almost like a party instead of right. the preparing exactly of, of christ coming exactly instead of preparing for the feast it, it, we do a lot of the feasting and that's kind of a protestant thing where they feast up until the day and then they stop you know what i mean right the fast should come before the feast right you have to prepare for the feast right before you feast so, so, when we get back, we're going to talk about vices. Vices. Not what you think. We'll be back.
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic woodworker Jonathan Conrad focuses on equipping families for battle in the modern world. We're very excited that the Catholic Woodworker sponsors our show. Everything that they put out is top-notch. It's heirloom quality. It's handmade. Whether it's home altars, crucifixes, or rosaries, they're actually now the producer of the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. So go check it out. Yeah, if you use TCMS for the Catholic Man Show as a promo code, you get 10% off all of your purchases. Let's him know that we sent you. He'll continue supporting the show. Go support Jonathan at thecatholicwoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're sans Jimbo Baggins today. I feel vulnerable. Got the bodyguard here. Anybody, I mean, just anybody, could stroll up to your front door, break into the house. They'd have to obviously get past the deadbolt and other things. But they could just totally get in. Without our bodyguard here. And then come upstairs and, and get in here. Mm-hmm. And be and all look like... Look at all this whiskey in mischievous here. Mischievous or whatever be ridiculous. they would do. Anyway, I'm just going to try not to think about it, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to carry on. My wayward son. Yeah. Okay, so uh, man gear today is a vice... I prefer virtue. I do too. Um, over the this summer at the cat at our campout, I was talking to George Carpenter, the blacksmith of Clear Creek, Our Lady of Clear Creek Abbey, uh, master, master blacksmith, master carver, master artisan. Very interesting guy. Uh, and he, we were talking about the show and just about you know different things. And he kind of looks down. He says, "Dave, I am a, I'm a man of many vices." And I mean that I own many vices. And as he said that, right behind him, he pointed, and he had a table with like eight or nine vices on it. You know, it was, it was a good moment. It was it was very funny. And actually, the guy is a man of many vices. I will tell he you. He tried to play that joke in our Pennsylvania talk, and it did not land as well. No, that's okay. You can't you can't, you can't win can't, them all. Can't win them all. So for the conference for the comedy conference. Yeah, we'll, say, we'll, we'll fine-tune it for the comedy I'll, conference. I'll work on it. I'm going to work on it. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's it's got potential. It's just we we got to get our chops down, man. we got to get That's our right. chops. That's right. Get into the groove. So uh, I have had a, a bench vice you know, on my list for a couple years. The problem is, unless you want something that's just junk, it's expensive. That is accurate. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't believe me, like get online and look at reviews of people who bought a hundred dollar vice, and they said like I used it one time, and the and the whole neck cracked, you know, or the jaws broke right off, or something. Right. Um, and so I didn't want that, and so you, you kind of have to spend about two hundred dollars before you get something that starts to have positive reviews, and that's all. About, that's all I'm judging it on is like the reviews. The thing about manufacturing in America is we know how to make quality things, but you just have to pay for it that's the thing so there's only one there's only one vice manufacturer left in america it's wilson uh will you look that up one wilson vices i think that's i think that's one i have i thought it was watson but maybe wilson well if you have a wilson vice it's worth about a thousand dollars i got mine at a secondhand store yeah um so brand new wilton 
Wilton. That's what it is. That's that's what you have. You have a Wilton vice. Have a Wilton vice. No kidding. That's yes. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big one. That is. I mean, like, so they're they're the that's cream of the crop cream of the crop right now. Um, I was looking at a Yoast vice, uh, which Yoast seems to have pretty good reviews. It's still owned by. It's a Chinese company, just like all the other vice mm-hmm. manufacturers. There used to be a lot in like Germany and Europe, but now they're all in China, except for like Wilton. Is that what it was? Wilton. Wilton. Um, so the the cheapest Wilton I could find was like fifteen hundred dollars. Um, wow, fifteen hundred on Amazon anyway. So uh, I guess I, what? Guess what? I just have a new vice. It's on the market. Yeah, I know. I will totally <laughs> sell that thing. I will take a. Chi- I'll take a Chinese one for a thousand dollars. Thank you. Um, so I had this Yoast. I was looking at. It was really, you know, it had like oh the pipe grip on one side. The you know it had a did uh, it swivel an- anvil. Yes, three sixty degree swivel. Nice. But I was, I was thinking I cannot buy a vice without calling my blacksmith friend, George Carpenter. Talk, vice talking to him. And so we got to talking, and he said... Did he talk you out of it? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, he encouraged me to, like, hold off and... Go find one yeah. at a secondhand store. And, and the thing is, like, you'll have to restore it, and maybe you don't want to do that. And if you don't want to do it, then just get a new one. But he, he said, like, the truth is he doesn't know much about new vices uh, because all, all the ones he has are, you know, 100 years old or more. Mm-hmm. Um, he says you can just go to pawn shops or even antique shops and say, "Where's the rust? Right? Take, where, where do you keep the rust? Mm-hmm. And you know you will have to restore them." So, but literally, this is what he said to me as the, at the end of our phone conversation. He said, "David, Dave, God has a vice out there for you <laughs> that He wants you to." And you're have. like, "I know. I've been to college. I have plenty yeah. of them. <laughs> trying to get rid of. Trying to unload." Them. Yeah. He said, "He does, Dave. He's got a vice picked out for you." And He's he's got one in mind that he wants you to have, and it's like yeah, well okay I you know yeah maybe it's this new one I'm looking at here right. you know <laughs> on Amazon so can that have, night can have it here by tomorrow that night went over to my dad's house to watch the the Bedlam game mm. which go get, pokes go pokes go pokes my son he's one and a half the when OSU scored their first touchdown did he wave the wheat I said. Davey, wave your wheat. And I put my hand up like this. And he did it. Yes. Like he, we had it's to, a great mimic. We didn't, you can mimic that. We didn't even practice it. He just nailed it. Love anyway, it. So over, I'm over there eating dinner and telling my parents that, you know, oh, yeah, I could talk to George, and, you know, about vices. And my mom goes, oh, well, I, uh, a couple days ago, I just dug one up out of the ground outside. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? She's like, yeah, I was digging and I hit something. And so I kept digging around it, and it's a huge vice. And I said, "Are you serious? Let me see it." <laughs> and so you gotta be kidding me. Uh, here it is on on screen right here. Uh, it's a Holland's uh, vice. It's uh, number ninety three, which I have not been able to find the number ninety three online. It's not in any of the uh, the catalogs that that are left. So this company, Holland's, was started in eighteen eighty seven, and became they originally started making burners. Uh, but then they quickly expanded their manufacturing and became one of the number one manufacturers in the world. Um, and they were bought out in 1956. Um, and so this, this vice, 
I mean, I who knows how old it is. God already had a vice. I mean, it's like literally that day. George is telling me, you know, Dave, he's God. He's got a vice for you. I mean, he's got one for you. He wants you to have. And like hours later, my mom's like, "Oh, really? I dug one up out of the ground outside." That you know, so what it's crazy. Your mind is like, "Yeah, I went fishing and I caught this fish, and there were two coins inside." <laughs> do, do you think that means something? <laughs> and so, what I've done is, I took it home. Uh, if you saw it in the picture right there, uh, and if you didn't see the picture, you can go watch our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it took. Uh, you know, like maybe 30, 45 minutes of not super dedicated work, but kind of casually scraping and wire brushing um, to get it in that condition. It's, it's seized up. It doesn't, it doesn't turn. <clears throat> so what I'm doing is I built an electrolysis tank. So electrolysis is a, it's the best way of removing rust, certainly that I know of. But what you do is you just take a tank and you fill it with water. So you need something that's plastic that you could submerge your rusted item in. <clears throat> and then you have to put some other metal, some scrap metal or something, non-galvanized, just like st- regular old steel, something else that will rust. So I'm using rebar, have rebar around, and I'm just using a, a plastic trash can. Um, and those are all wired together, just with regular copper wire. Okay. And so then... I'm sub- I'm hanging the vise into the water, also using copper wire, so that copper wire sticks up out of the water. And I have a 12-volt car battery charger. And you add sodium carbate, carbonate, sodium carbonate to the water. Oh, it's Arm & Hammer Super Washing Soda. That's what you want to get, Arm & Hammer Super Washing Soda. They sell it basically everywhere. Um, Don't get the regular washing soda. Get the super. Yeah. Uh, Figure so, out what's going to kill you and then back it off just a little, a little bit. bit. Right. So sodium carbonate is... Uh, baking soda is sodium bicarbonate. This is sodium carbonate. Basically, it allows the water to conduct electricity a little bit better. Okay. Because water actually does not conduct electricity, just so you know. If you have tap wa- if you have distilled water, it will not conduct electricity. It's actually the impurities and other things in the water hmm. that actually are conducting the electricity. Um, so you put that in there, and basically you you hook it up. You run a current through it. So you actually want to put the, the negative needs to be hooked up to the thing that you have that's rusted. Because people think... The elect- rebar. Yeah, not, not the rebar. Oh. The vice. Oh, the vice. Okay. Yeah, that you're trying to clean. People think that electricity goes from positive to negative. It doesn't. It goes from negative to positive. When they invented elect- when they were like discovering electricity, they thought, oh, it's the protons that are the electricity. And so all of the formulas actually for electricity that we use in physics and science, they're all actually wrong. You're, you're actually solving for a negative number, and they didn't know it. Now, so if, you get an, if you're doing these formulas and come up with like an answer of five, really the answer is negative five. It doesn't matter. It's, they all still work. Okay. So you hook the negative up because that you want the electricity to flow from your rusted thing to the other rebar. Okay. So it's it's similar to like plating when you would gold plate stuff, sort of, that you're taking the rust off and kind of sending it over to the rebar. So I've got it soaking in there right now. This is a, it's a severely rusted. I think it's going to take about 48 hours. But my hope is when I pull it out, that it's going to be like new. Are you, are you going to try to coat it? Like 
put some paint like paint like, i don't know i'm gonna see what it looks like still when i'm done mm-hmm. um, i'm definitely gonna have to oil it at least otherwise it's just gonna oh, yeah. rust you, you, i mean you it's definitely gonna... oil it but i if i were you i'd put like rust-oleum paint on it or something like that yeah outside of the gri- outside of the cl- grips and things like that i'm gonna look it up because like if it rusts a little bit that might be okay like uh rust actually will preserve things in a, in a certain way but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. What's the best thing to do? Because sometimes you paint it and now it's like, oh, it's not worth as much. You ru- you ruin. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, let's talk about Advent. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Our drink of choice this evening is The Wise Man by Kentucky Al. Just got done talking about vice and the ridiculous story that Dave had on finding a vice. We talk, talk about Advent. As we discussed in, in the first segment, Dave, a lot of times it's it's been Advent is a, a, a feast or a festival mm-hmm. leading up to Christmas and in fact it's it's a it's a penitential season it's right the, it's preparing ourselves uh, father define here in Tulsa his homily this last week was preparing ourselves for uh, the mercy and the judgment of Christ right so you're, you're preparing yourself twice for, the, for for two two comings the coming of mercy that, that Christ became flesh that, that God the God became flesh and incarnate and entered this world to save us, and then the coming of our judgment, because because he comes into this world uh, to save us, then it, it which follows to the judgment, your 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 judgment. So it's it's the coming of of mercy and the coming of uh, of judgment, um, and so we should be preparing ourselves for this, right? Mm-hmm. We should be uh, weeding out any vice that we have, any uh, apathetic tendencies that we have, any. Uh, slothful habits that we have to prepare ourselves and be mindful of the of the four last things. That's I mean that's that's really what right. Advent is supposed to remind us of is the four last things: uh, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Uh, yes. Um, in order in order to prepare ourselves for for the Word becoming flesh. I think the kind of the defining characteristic of the Advent season is hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that to me that's what it is. It's a hopeful season, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not Lent, it's different from Lent, it's a penitential season kind of in a different way. Um, I'll just, here's, here's what I'm doing for Advent this year, personally. Uh, I know that I, I desire a deeper commitment to the Holy Mass. Like, you look at the saints, they go to Holy Mass every day. Every day. Every day. I mean... Basically, I mean, there's a reason fail. probably why most uh, saints or canonized saints are priests or religious nuns. Yeah, because they have the time to, to dedicate like that. And even the ones who aren't priests or religious nuns, they still go to Mass every day. Every day. I mean, obviously there's like hermits who couldn't do that, but still. So what I'm doing is, here in the first week of Advent, I'm adding one daily Mass. Uh Throughout in the addition week. to what you already do, because yeah. you you go to two. Da- well, typically? I was going to daily mass uh, like every Friday. That was part of my until until COVID hit, and then uh, things got 
my the schedule just doesn't it's not there anymore like that mass isn't offered anymore oh okay that was because i used to go right before work on friday right after adoration and mm-hmm. before work go to mass it's a great way to start a friday with an hour of adoration the holy sacrifice of the mass get to work in a great mood every friday so but you know that was like a year and a half ago um so I'm adding one mass the first week. In the second week of Advent, Advent I will go to two masses throughout the week. In the third week of Advent, I will go to, you guessed it, three masses. And it works this year because I think Christmas is on a Saturday this year. So uh, I'll be able to go to four masses on these, in these, the fourth week of Advent. I, that will not always be the case. You know, mm-hmm. Christmas is on a Monday. You're not going to four daily masses, but so that's what I'm doing. Um, excited about it because it's. I'm also. Ha- it's it's making me do. I think what you should be doing in Advent. I'm having to look ahead and plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm having to kind of anticipate things that are coming, mm-hmm. which that's you know kind of the the basic thing that we do in Advent. Well, it's the basic thing of how you grow in holiness mm-hmm. is that's preparing true. preparing yourself for what is to come. I mean, you talk about this. Uh, several times on the show, Dave, like, unless you have thought about a scenario and how you would react when the scenario comes up, if you have not thought about that scenario, sometimes you freeze or you panic yeah. or you don't do what you, you think you should do yeah. because you haven't thought out the whole thing in your head ahead of time. And, and so this is... And sometimes in that moment, that's not the best time to, like, break things down logically. Right. It's a time of action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if other people are like that, but I'm definitely like that where... This is uh, the virtue of foresight, you know, mm-hmm. being able to see ahead and pre- being prepared to yeah. um, to grow in holiness. So and, and to what and what is to come. So uh, I wanted to talk about caroling. Um, we did that. We need to get that on the schedule. I thought about that, that last yesterday. year. We need to get that on our calendar. And you know, quick. caroling is also you can do it in Advent, but I think it's also really a Christmas thing. So like, if you do it in like, especially during the octave of Christmas, I think that's a really great time to go caroling. Your neighbors might think it's weird that you're singing Christmas carols after Christmas. Because everybody... After Christmas Day. Every, yeah. Everybody thinks... Yeah, after Christmas Day. Thank you. You know, that's what we talked about kind of there for a second. Everybody thinks, oh, it's Christmas season now. And then is the day Christmas is over on is December 26th. Conclusion of... Now it's about like New Year's. Right. You know, put all the Christmas stuff away. I mean, people will literally take their Christmas tree down the day after Christmas. Right. It's just a tragedy. Uh, but they just don't know. It's still a tragedy. It, it is. You're right. But it's... Not, they, not, just, they just don't know. Right. Yeah. So, uh, caroling, though, I think is very fitting in the Advent season and in the Christmas season. I think it just changes what songs you Right. And the Advent... Because last year we sang O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. Like, that's basically the, the Advent song. And there are, like, a couple other Advent songs out there. Uh, they're very... They're not. They're not well known. That's right. the thing. Uh, right. But there's a couple about Our Lady. Um, like mm-hmm. uh, there's one about Ma- that mentions Mary being pregnant. I forget what it's called. Mary, did you know? Yes. That's that's. that's Mary, did you one. know? That's the one. I think I know. It's like very popular for Catholics to hate on that song. First of all, it gets stuck in my head a lot. It it, it is a catchy tune. I like tune. to sing it. it. Like yeah, it's a good song it's to a catchy sing. Tune. You can like. It's heretical, but it is. You a can really tune. like power sing that song right mm-hmm. it's just uh but i, I like to, i know nothing about power singing i like to use that song as an apologetic of as a way of explaining mary to protestants because 
it, that song is exactly like Mary. The song is all like when we have devotion to Mary. That song is about Mary. You're singing to Mary. You're asking Mary. But the whole song is about Jesus. Mm, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Right. So I think it's a good analogy for explaining yeah. a Catholic's relationship with Mary. Sure. Because that's what it is. It's like, oh, this, you're singing and talking to Mary this whole song. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you're, you're getting in Idolatry. the way of Jesus, right? Yeah. It's like, no, the song's about Jesus. Everything Marian is ultimately, it's always Christocentric. So I, I understand and, and agree. The song is we heretical, need, but... We need to get caroling on the calendar. You're right. So we've done that two years? No, last year was the first year. Okay, no, I did it two years then. I... Uh, Yes, I did it with like my parents and Pamela's parents mm-hmm. the year before. But um, you, uh, all of us did it together last, last year, year, and it was so it's, good. It was so much fun. It was so much fun, and we thought we had like these bets going on, like the over under of people like closing their doors right, on us, exactly. Because it's also like in the peak of COVID. You know, so we didn't know we couldn't touch anybody or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Anna kept running up to the door to give the person a hug. You know, to wish a Merry Christmas, and they'd they'd be like, "Ooh, don't touch me!" You know, it's like, "Wow, three year old girl saying no to a hug." Anyway, um, but, but but almost everybody loved it. Yes, uh, I think we had one. There was have- one guy who you could tell patiently suffered through it. Right, he was nice about it. You know, but you could tell like. That's not what he wanted. Right. Not right at that moment. But we did anyway. a, So I, I loved your strategy that, that you brought up how to do it. Uh-huh. Is you start singing and then you ring the doorbell. Yeah. Ring so, the doorbell or ring the doorbell and start. You want to be singing before they open the door. So that Because I think you want to. It's, you want to give them an out. You want to exactly, give them an out. Like if they don't want to open the door, that's okay. That's okay for me. Right. And that's okay for you. <laughs> right. Like. If you don't want to open the door, I also don't want you to open the door. You right. know what I mean? Like You know what's coming, so you hear the songs. You can hear, right, exactly. Then make that choice. But I, yeah, every, almost everybody opened the door with like excitement. Like, Christmas carolers! Right, and what did Pamela bring? Uh, a little treat that they brought? Some guy, cinnamon sticks or something like that? I forget. Yeah, the kids would like go so pan, the pass the kid would, would go, you know, one of the kids, it would take turns. One lady brought us cookies. Right, it was, it was awesome. She had the biggest tray of cookies I'd ever seen. So, so anyway, it was just so much fun for the kids. It was so much fun for us. It was so much fun for the neighbors. It was like one of those things where it was like really bringing joy to a lot of people. And I'll bet those the, our neighbors went and talked about it. I'll bet they oh, told on Facebook their uh, other family our little Facebook group that we have for their for our neighborhood. Oh yeah, our Facebook. But yeah, the neighborhood page. They yeah. were uh, they were posting on there as we were going as carolers are coming around and then. All the comments were like, oh, I hope they can stop by my house. Uh-huh. Oh, I hope, I hope they stop at my house. Um, so, yeah, I, that is so easy to do. We did three songs. You know, mm-hmm. it was so... It oh, was come, a, come It was like uh, a three-minute, three or four-minute stop right. at each one. You know, so it wasn't keeping people for very long. It was... Uh, oh, come on, come on, Emmanuel. I can't remember the second one. And then we wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm, right. Away in a manger. Away in a manger. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, it was, and, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about some other uh, Advent ideas. Okay. Um, so I got these ideas come from, most of these ideas come from this book that we have around the year with the Von Trapp family. It's by Maria Augusta Von Trapp mm-hmm. um, from like the Von Trapp family. Right. 
not a coincidence. It's from the same family. Um, she had just some really great, great ideas in here. Um, one of them, uh, Juan, I know I put this in here for Juan. It's the, it's called Christkinder. It means uh, Christ child in German. Yeah. Uh, but basically, outside of America, especially Latin America, there's a tradition that it's baby Jesus. In fact, before I continue, we need to put out a, a like a warning that we might be talking about certain Christmas traditions for adults and children. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about Advent. I just want to reiterate our warning that we were starting. We are going to be talking about Christmas traditions, uh, some of which that are uh, traditions for children, which uh, we have in America that they don't have in other countries. So if you want your your children to continue to practice these traditions, maybe they should stop listening. Uh, I feel like that was sufficient. Yeah, so... I think everybody knows what we're talking about. I just I also want to give them time, you know, give them a good five seconds. So anyway. Because um, we're talking about Santa Claus. Yeah. So they have this Chris Kinda. I think I'm saying that right. It doesn't look like that's how you say it, but I had them... I had the thing say it. That's what they said. So basically that baby Jesus is the one who brings the presents, mm. not Santa. This is how Juan grew up. He grew up with little present-bringing baby Jesus. I don't know what it would look like to see a baby carrying a bag of presents. In my mind, he still has a red bag. He's like he's just carrying Santa's <laughs> red bag. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's how she had to eventually merge them because Santa made it to Venezuela when I was like, you know, nine or 11. And... The, the tricky time. All of a sudden, she had to like explain who was Santa, and she's like, "Well, you know, baby Jesus sometimes gets tired, so he has to get on Santa's sled." So he tag teams so with that Santa. Santa, and until I remember seeing in Disney Channel, the Santa Claus, the movie Santa Claus, oh, yeah, Tim yeah. Allen, Tim Allen, and I was like, "Mom, I don't see baby Jesus anywhere in this thing." Oh, Disney ruins everything. <laughs> That's because <laughs> Americans are stupid. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, uh, am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> the next person who says that to me, like, seriously, I might lose it on them. I hate that. It's <laughs> just, you know, it's like, yes, you are wrong. <laughs> Your existence is wrong. So, uh, that's not true. What 
what they do in the Von Trapp family, this I thought was a really lovely tradition. Okay. Is they pass a bowl around that has everybody a piece of paper with everyone's name on it. So they're basically drawing a name, and it's a secret. Okay, so it's sort of like Secret Santa. This is like a great version of Secret Santa. Um, and I, I have a quote here because I thought the way she said it was just really great. She says, the person whose name one has drawn is now in one's special care. From this day until Christmas, one has to do as many little favors for him or her as one can. One has to provide at least one surprise every single day, but without ever being found out. This creates a wonderful atmosphere of joy, joyful suspense, kindness, and thoughtfulness. So and then she says, like, maybe you find a note that says, uh, in disguised handwriting, I prayed a rosary for you today. Or maybe you f- they find that their bed has been made. Or maybe, you know, it's like... We're doing this at work. Are you? Yes. Uh, email went out today that we're doing exactly this, except for they, they said you don't have to do it every single day, but multiple times a week, leading up to the last day that we're there before Christmas break. And the last present, everybody brings in a present with your with who it's, who it's to... And then when they open the present, you have your name in there, inside the present to let them know. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's it's really great. I mean, yeah, you could apply it to the office, but I think there's something really great about doing it at home, with your siblings. You know, like the more siblings you have, the more siblings you have. It's definitely. I mean, if you have two kids, it's like <laughs> go go back into it. Gee, it, I wonder who sister drew. You right. know, like <laughs> go and listen to uh, the pot or the. Uh, YouTube Live and Facebook Live because we had a whole discussion about this in between segments. Something that happened to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, um, that I thought was really great. Uh, that's not really the Chris Kinda. But I, I like that. But that's how they kind of sure. take the baby. They're like now their own each other's baby Jesus, sort of. Um, there's another one that they do that they call Shelter Seeker. Uh, and this is a kind of a spin-off of an of an old tradition um, about how Jesus or how Joseph and Mary were looking for space in the inn. And so they have a pa- a painting of Joseph and Mary knocking on the inn and the innkeeper's like you can tell by the look on his face and there's no room here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they will draw nine people from their family because they have more than nine people in their family. Um, and Every day, the painting moves to that person's room. Um, and so it's like they are receiving Joseph and Mary. That is, they end up making like a novena out of it. Um, and they'll build a little altar or something for the painting to come. And they're allowed to spend as much time in their room with the painting as they want. As much time as school and like obligations allow. According so like, to your state in life. So like maybe they'll go have lunch, take their lunch upstairs with the painting. You know, and the idea is that they do it in reparation for um, uncharitable words that they have said throughout the year, or times when they have not been welcoming. So it's like a an act of reparation for your own personal sins. Hmm. The times when you've been the innkeeper and you didn't you didn't welcome the Christ child. I mean, like I dig that. Think about. I think about what like they missed, idea. what they missed. The God of, of the universe could have been born in your crappy little inn. Right. You know, and you did you wouldn't make room for him. So anyway, I really liked that one. Um, uh, and then, I, I, so that was from the 
Von Trapp family. From the Von Trapp family. Um, I also just wanted to talk about nativity scenes. Okay. The nativity... I mean, the Protestants are not... They're not pro-statues all year, but this is the one time of year that but they I'm, are pro-statues. I'm, gl- I'm glad they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, the nativity scene is way better than Christmas lights. If you have to choose between one of the two, and you don't. The thing is, you don't, actually. But... Um, Putting, I love putting up Christmas lights. By the way, your house looks great. Thank you. Looks great. Uh, I tried extra hard this year. Yeah. It didn't fall off the roof. It went well. I had a couple moments where I was a little nervous about on it. the edge of my roof, leaning forward mm-hmm. over the, you know, it's like, I'm already slanted downwards, and now I have to like lean forward, thinking like, is this worth it? <laughs> <laughs> is this worth dying over? Right. <laughs> like, I also had the thought like, I need more life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. I don't, and I say this as someone who doesn't have a manger scene in my front yard. I would love to have one. It's they're kind of hard to find, um, and some of them are just kind of kitsch. I think you know. Uh, yeah, I don't but, like the the cheap looking. But ones. even I think uh, or the dinosaurs at the, with the table. <laughs> yeah, or ones that they do like at the Vatican, or you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't like any of those. Those have been swings and misses I for tr- several I, years. Oh, I thought it's like you know what I said to myself last year. I'm not going to bring up this ridiculous nativity scene that they have here at the Vatican. I have no idea who's in charge up there uh, of the Vatican. Of who's picking the manger fire, scenes? Fire them! I don't know who it is. But that was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And I had other Protestants coming. I had Protestant people that I know asking me about it, and it was embarrassing. It is like it's like look, I, I it's have, an it was a, I have no idea. It was just a great opportunity to to evangelize and we just missed that opportunity i mean it's like we just missed any, it. anyway uh the the nativity scene is so great and especially if you can get one that has a removable baby jesus that's like that's really hitting the sweet spot right there because you can take the baby jesus out mm-hmm. and people are going to ask you about it protestants don't under, they don't get that but they get, they get it no i think a lot of times they don't i i have one at work without the baby jesus in it and people ask me like Hey, you know, you're missing your baby Jesus. It's like, no, I'm not missing the baby Jesus. I have baby Jesus hidden away in this drawer. Baby Jesus ain't here yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not Christmas. Uh, it's obviously, I'm painting with broad brushes when I use the term Protestants, okay? But uh, veneration of the nativity is one of the oldest traditions in the church. So there is there are accounts of the earliest Christians going to Bethlehem to venerate the actual manger scene, which, if you lived in the area, would be really cool. It's hard to do that as an American, but... Uh, so it's just, it's a super, super old tradition to have and venerate the manger scene. And it, you just can't have too many of them. You can have an outside one, you can have a living room one, you can have a dining room one, you can have a bedroom one. I mean, like a back backyard one. Dude, yeah, dude, that's like hitting. That's when you're really like firing all, on all cylinders. It's like <laughs> you have a backyard nativity set. Yeah, that's for me. That one's mine. <laughs> These are all for my family. This one's mine. This one's me. Yeah, that's why it's the best. But uh, it's it's a great thing. It's a thing that really takes all of the accoutrement of Christmas and focuses it in the right direction. Because the Christmas light thing is really great. I And actually, they're Advent lights, right? I mean, because we're putting them up now. Let's be honest. They're not Christmas lights. That's fine. I still like doing them. But there's nothing about it that says Jesus. Unless you have like a light up Jesus sign, like 
that would be something that or literally cross. says Jesus. Or even a star is a really star. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But having the manger scene is just so awesome. Especially if it's like big and you can like have your wise men slowly moving across the yard. Right. You know, like every, that, every day. You know that I would do that. Absolutely. I would measure like, all right, it's 25 feet. Oh yeah, you'd get that. Down. Means it's eight, a in, ridiculous eight inches a day, right. eight inches a day, baby. But you, you let, um, you know, you let your your children that be part of their their chore or their yeah. their responsibility for the day is you get to yeah. move. Here's the measuring tape. Move it eight inches. Yeah, yeah, that is. Really Don't cool. let me catch you moving it ten inches. Uh, obviously, the Advent wreath is. Oh yeah, yeah, of is, course, is, the Advent is wreath is a great uh, way to to celebrate. You know, you, you can do that right before dinner time. Uh, have a prayer. You know. Before dinner, it sets it sets the tone of the the, the evening dinner. Um, that's always a good one. Let me tell you the problem I have with the Advent wreath. You know, there's the first candle. It's the one directly across from the pink candle. You can't light that candle every single day at dinner. There's going to be no purple candle left halfway through Advent. You have to. You've got to you share first candle up. responsibilities. Right. Uh, we're running out of time on the radio, so if you could go to thecatholicmancho.com, you'll check out the rest of this episode because I do have a question that I want to ask you that I have not asked you or prepped you for. Uh, I'm, I'm seeking some advice I'm ready. Uh, regarding Christmas and how to to help your children understand it. So, uh, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Okay, Juan, I'd also like your input uh, hang on, here. Because okay. I want to keep, I have one more thing about the Advent wreath. Please. Also, did you know? No, I did this. You did this, not this. You said the same thing I did, except you did this. Yeah. No, I did, no, I did this. this. <laughs> the Advent uh, Advent wreath, I think, is a Protestant from a Protestant origin. Hmm. Did you know this? Did well, you know Advent what else? Candle, the Advent wreath candles. So is Chris Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's German, it's like <laughs> right. It was uh, like prom- really? It was m- majorly promoted by Martin Luther. So, hmm. like, I couldn't. Fi- I don't know if he invented the idea, uh, but I couldn't find any. B- any, I couldn't find that someone promoting sense. it before him. That would make sense, though, because he was not for the veneration of saints. Saint Nicholas, like he would be trying to get away from Saint Nicholas. They don't venerate saints. I mean, they name their they name their churches after them. Uh, well, they don't pray to saints. They don't. The well, Lutherans, I think they do. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to speak. I'm not sure. Okay, fair enough. But uh, I couldn't. There's also find, a lot of different. Types I couldn't of Lutherans, find so uh, anyone promoting the idea prior to luther so it could have been him anyway but advent so here's my thing with the advent candles like i was saying it is ridiculous that they just expect these i mean i get it you paid two dollars for this pack of four candles you like don't expect them they're not obviously not beeswax just get beeswax what i want to do just make your own but also just be a man after that first year a beeswax candle like Okay, well, you know, one of those purple candles you only lit for like maybe three days. You see what I'm saying? You have basically a full candle. Some of them's like half of a candle. You get to carry that one over. It just doesn't look good. It's not beauty like when when you're starting Advent and you've got janky like burnt up candles. Okay, I want to make a set of candles that don't that are numbered that have longer varying degrees of beeswax in them. So that the first candle is designed so that you burn it 45 minutes a day. 
in it throughout the whole whole of Advent, and by the end of Advent, it has burned down. So it obviously has the most beeswax in it. And then the next one has less, less. so that it will burn a little less, and the next one have a little. And so that they will burn progressively faster, so that at the end of Advent, ideally, you've got burnt up candles that are all about the same. I I dig. If somebody else does that, now that I spilled my idea, you have to send me a thousand (laughs) dollars. I want your first thousand. You can have the rest because I'm lazy. You can do you can do you can do the work, but I want a thousand. You have to say trademark in order for it to be trademark. Oh, there you go. There you go. And it's binding. There. You can't yeah. just declare it. <laughs> I declare <laughs> bankruptcy. That was not Michael Scott. That was more like uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, Michael Scott impression. That was Scrooge doing Michael Scott. That it couldn't be done. <laughs> okay. Now, whatever the thing was that you were going to say. Okay. So here's here, here's the issue that I have at Christmas time with my family. I have a big family. Uh, I am. When you say that, do you mean that you have people in your family are big? Sure. And I also have a big family as far as in number. You mean like extended in ki- in or directly? Ki- uh, extended. In kind and number. Okay. Um,. I have been. I'm blessed that almost all of my grandparents are still alive currently, uh-huh. and so as you know, you grow older, your family grows, right? You take on a family, you yep. bring on family, you still have your family. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, I had four Christmases every year because uh, I had three three sets of grandparents. My mom's mom and dad separated and, and uh, remarried before I was even born, so I have. Three sets of grandparents, and then my 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 parents. Uh, now, because we're married, you know, I have extended family from on the other side that I also have to go to. We're trying our best to juggle all of these Christmases, right? Uh, because you don't know how many more Christmases you'll have with the grandparents. Sure. Uh, you want to make memories. You want my. It's a it's a blessing for my children to be with my grand with my grandparents their great grandparents during christmas to have memories of them right um, so you want you want to do this but also your kids are young right they're at like a great like the perfect christmas age you know what i mean and so like you want to be able, them to be able to have memories have memories of with them with their grandparents too right. you know and so then you end up what ends up happening is you have eight christmases scheduled if you, i, if I you, love it i think that want, sounds amazing well here's the problem for a kid here's what here's the problem with it what you end up teaching your child whether directly or indirectly like whether you want to or not is what christmas is is you run to the one family to have dinner really quick or, or lunch really fast open presents put them all in the van to run to the next place to eat dinner to have presents to throw them all in the van to go to the next place to have lunch open presents to go to the next and so you don't ever actually get to spend quality time with anybody because all you're doing is okay we made it good now we can all sit down and eat you have you know an hour to eat at the dinner table you have an hour or two you know opening presents or whatever you're throwing them out and then you're getting to the next place and so you don't ever want to leave anybody out you know the the issue is is that you want to be able to spend actual quality time. What ends up happening is you don't have to spend any quality time with anybody. You try you do everything for everybody, which means you do nothing for nobody. Almost, mm-hmm. uh, it just becomes all you're teaching your child is oh, what Christmas is is we go eat and get presents, eat and get presents, eat and get presents. Yeah, 
and that's obviously not what you want to teach your cho- your children. Uh, what that's what that's like what Christmas is. It's very hard to keep the spirituality of Christmas to keep the reason for the season um, when it is just filled with material uh, possessions and then also just this stress that everybody feels, whether you you try to negate it or not, of hurry, we got to go because we got to get to the next place. They're waiting on us. Hurry. Come on. Come on, bud. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. And I just don't know how to combat it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to not let that happen because I, I don't want to cut somebody out of Christmas time, right? You know, it's like, oh, sorry, grandma and grandpa, we're not going over to your house because we would like to spend quality time with this side of the family. Um, especially right now in, in this weird time that I am in in my life because I still have my grandparents around and they're obviously getting up in age. So you never know, you know, which Christmas sure. is their last one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what, like, what would you advise, you know, how to combat this or how to keep the idea of what Christmas really is when this is happening? So, uh, we both have a mutual friend, Derek Lissy. Yes. He, uh, telling me about some things that they do in Christmas, um, that like I had never really considered before. Cause you know, to me, like Christmas it should you know you do it with spending time with family like that's kind of one of the things that Christmas is about you know like um, but he kind of opened my eyes a little bit about that he said you know like very often on Christmas they stay home they don't go anywhere and that they have Christmas together mm-hmm. and then like the next day maybe they'll go visit people um, and you just have to give yourself permission to do that. Um, the, to have, no, we're going to celebrate Christmas as a family. We're going to do it. We're not going to do that whole rat race of like having to get to everybody. Cause it is like, oh, you went and saw them, but you didn't come see, a, you know, like, right. So you just say, no, we're, this is a choice we've made. We're not actually going to see anybody on Christmas. We're like, we're going to take this time as a family and we're going to be with just each other. Now that is going to go over uh, more, really more or more or less bad in different families. Yeah, for mine it would go over terrible. Yeah, sure. Because the tradition has always been you have uh, Christmas morning as a as a close you know as your your family and then uh, Christmas afternoon Christmas you know in the afternoon right. you go with extended family. Yeah, that's kind of what we do too. I mean, but then so I think really then I think don't don't cram it in. I mean. But you can't. I mean, how do you not? Because we actually start a week before Christmas. So we go and have Christmas a week before Christmas at some, at, you know, either my in-laws or some of my extended family because we can't fit it all in. It is literally impossible. So we start a week before and we go to Christmas and then we go a week after. And last year we went three weeks after because it was just the only time we could all get together. Yeah, I think that's fine. Depending on, you know, how many days you want to count Christmas, there's an octave of Christmas, but then Christmas lasts 12 days. But also you could say the Christmas season goes like till February 2nd or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got a long time to visit everybody and just but take, then, take but it then, slow. Yeah, I know. You, you know, the thing is... Because you're not going to ever please everybody. The problem no, is... No, then, you won't. Then they're like, oh, well, we're not actually doing it during Christmas. You know, yes, we are. You have to tell them, yes, we are. You have to like make them, make them not think that. I know it's really tough. 
because it, it is it, it's tough it's because the Christmas you're, season. You're going against the grain, you, you know, are. with your, with your, you know, yeah. It's just tough. And uh, my advice would be also to uh, consolidate or decrease the number of gifts. And if you're gonna be with family, yeah, then make it be about family, not about gifts. Uh, gro- yeah. Gro- growing up, we just did. You know, it's like we had like one or maybe two big gifts. So it's like, hey, I want to get this really nice thing for the boys. All these six sets of six sets of grandparents. Why don't you all pitch in and get this for my boys? Instead of saying like, oh, each one is gonna get his gift mm-hmm. because just number wise, grandparents don't like that though. They, well, I mean, they want to have a present for like. This is yeah. my present to your kid. And we actually do a lot of that. We consolidate a lot of it because, like, once you get past a certain age, we just say no presents. But the problem is when you have big families and you have tons of kids, mm-hmm. even if they have two presents each, like, let's just say two presents each, and we always do the everybody opens one at a time so that way you can see what everybody's getting. It's not just a frenzy, f- frenzy of tearing presents and wrapping paper. Going it's, like, it's like piranhas. Right. The, the first time I encountered the frenzy, I was... Uh, like offended. A little offended. Yeah. yeah. So even if you have only two presents per kid, but you still have 15 kids there, that still takes a long time. You know, that still takes a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do consolidate because basically what, now, what happens is now only kids and grandparents get presents, basically. Because the grandparents, I mean, you want to get something for your grandparents. So... Yeah. It's just tough. I mean, it is just a, it's something that I, I don't know how to, because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and because you're also dealing with other people's families too, right? So it's not just about your, your family, it's about like accommodating other people's families as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, our our family, nobody can do it on this day, so we're going to do it a week after. Okay, so then it's like, well, I can't do it a week after because I have to go over here to this person's, then I'm going to miss yours. So you're trying to coordinate with a crazy amount of families without getting anybody's feelings hurt with it's just yeah to me uh it is very hard a lot of times to actually enjoy christmas except for the christmas morning when i get to see my kids open presents and come down the stairs and things like that outside of that it's very hard for me to enjoy christmas because we are just so go 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 sure and I don't know how to combat. I mean, a time will obviously fix this problem, right? Because my par- grandparents aren't going to le- live forever. Um, you know, so as families, you know, grow older and, and grandparents d- pass on, and, you know, time, you know, some some time may free up. So I, you don't want to be selfish and say like, no, we're doing this for our family. I know grandma and grandpa that this could be your last Christmas to see them your grandkid, your great grandkids during Christmas time, but we're not going to do that. I mean, I don't feel, I don't feel like that's right. Well, and, but yeah, but at some time it's really about your kids. I, I mean, at least your question was about how to teach them. And that's when you differentiate. This is Christmas day. Guess what? Now we're in the Christmas octave. It's still, we're celebrating Christmas season, but it's not Christmas day. Christmas day is when the incarnation happened. And that's just one day. I'm just trying to keep the focus there and explain them how these other visits were still celebrating, you know, the birth of Jesus, but it's, it's a little bit different. 
Yeah, I mean, I words, just think, words matter. I think you just don't try to do it too fast. I mean, and it, what are you going to do? What does anybody else want you to do? Be it their, be it their Christmas. And also, it's like That's with, with, with grandparents, I would say like, hey, um, can we come pick you up and bring you to mom's house? We're all getting together, you know, like try well, to and that happens some, but try to get more of them together so that you have f- fewer stops, you know. Right, but uh, that doesn't always work because yeah. you're not always they're not always close. Well, I mean, you can't be expected to go see everybody all the time for every holiday. False. Well, <laughs> sorry, I mean, <laughs> false. False. Black look, look, check the Minahan family. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, it's just tough because you don't actually want to leave anybody out, right? You don't want to not be at their place. You don't want to spend time, not spend time with them. I don't know how to do that. And the, again, what ends up happening and what I worry about is what the lives that we're living to do this, what it portrays to our children, what Christmas really is. And that's what I get nervous about. That's what, that's what I'm internally struggling with. I would say if if Jesus were the one making this decision. So you're speaking on behalf of Jesus? I'm saying what I would say he would do is he would probably prioritize the people who are loneliest first. So, like, if there's a person in in your family who's like, well, if we don't go see them, nobody will come and visit. They will have no visitors on Christmas, you know, like, throughout Christmas. Yes, that's non-existent. Okay. Well, then it doesn't sound like it's really much of a... I mean... For at least if my if they, if they if they really want to see you, then ha- invite them to come to you. Yeah, that's just a to me. It's a selfish mentality. No, it isn't. You have four kids; they don't. They right. literally have nothing going on. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's actually not selfish. It's about what's serving the good of your family. I mean, it's 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 actually not selfish. Don't be selfish about it, you know, but asking someone to like, hey, could you come to us? We would love to see you. We'd like to invite you over. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it a whole lot easier on the family. I understand that like, oh, it's, you know, there's a thing about honoring grandparents, you know, they're the elders, you know, don't make them travel, you know, mm-hmm. like if you, if they can't travel, that's something to be considered, right? But if they can... Um, it sure would be nice if they would come over to you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was trying to think, why can't I give you any good advice? Well, because growing up, first of all, everybody just got together for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was like a 60 yeah, people party. I have a feeling that and, your, your Christmases and my Christmases looked a l- so different. And number two, remember, baby Jesus brought the gifts. So everybody just got one gift because the gift was from baby Jesus. You know, I you I guys, didn't have. You guys didn't get each other gifts. No, I didn't have. You know, eight, sixteen gifts from all my different parents and cousins. Oh wow! No, baby Jesus brought me one gift, mm. and and like I said, it was a nice gift. And later in life, I found out well, it's because everybody everybody pitched in. You know, I actually have a a nice story about a, a friend of mine that I think we were in like fourth or fifth grade, and this is by this is the, the time that you. St- Kind of like stop believing or not believing, and she's like, "That's the problem is you stop believing in Jesus." Yeah. It's one exactly. it's one thing you stop believing in Santa Claus, but 
I figured out this old Jesus guy. Yeah. He's full, he doesn't exist. But, it's been my parents the whole time. But anyway, she told me, it's like, listen, there is no way that baby Jesus is my parents because we are a poor family. And for Christmas, I'm getting like Nintendo 64 games. And these things that I know we would just never be able to afford. But it was like the entire family was getting together to buy these girls one really, really nice gift. Uh-huh. And here she was in like sixth grade. And like still... No, guys. It's like, listen, you tell me this, but I'm telling you, we are poor. Tell me how this works. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. So either my dad is a thief... <laughs> Or, or Jesus is bringing or, us or presents. Or baby Jesus <laughs> is bringing us presents. Those are the only two options, and he's not a thief. Exactly. Man, uh, how, how, how far are we going, to, uh, Juan, currently? At some point, maybe... One, 107, not mucho. Well, maybe we'll save this, but we should we should tell the story of our dads with Santa Claus maybe, ne- maybe next week. Have we not told that story? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I think we have. We I think can, we have. But it would be, worth, it'd be worth telling again. I mean, we've been, been doing this five, five years. years. So, <laughs> <yeah>. Heaven <laughs> so, forbid we say something twice. twice right. Uh, so yeah. So let's 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 hold off on that one because that'll be a good yeah a good story for. But don't let us forget one. Don't let us forget to tell the, the the Santa Claus story. We'll do it next week. Okay. We have Cy Kellett coming on, or the week after. Yeah, the week after because we have Cy Kellett coming on next week. Pretty psyched. Pretty psyched. See what I did there? I'm going to just totally kill it at the comedy conference. It's just, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. I don't know. Are there, is there an award ceremony afterwards? I'm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make gonna one win. for you. I'm going to win. Thank you. I will accept it. <laughs> I will start preparing my speech. Good. 